Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit, that 30 seconds of silence may be the only silence that we get all week uh, with all the noise, all the distractions, all the things that are uh, distracting us from you and what you would have for us. I pray this morning would be a time of refreshing, refreshing in your spirit, that we learn how to die to our flesh, to overcome our flesh and walk in the spirit. What an amazing thing that we have access to the King of all kings, the Lord of all the lords, that you allow us to come to your throne of grace. What an amazing thing that is. And I pray this morning that we, would, we wouldn't take that for granted, that we would take advantage of that, that we would be able to learn more and more to stay, stay in step with you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone here struggle with sin? Anybody struggle with sin? Okay. I was a little worried about that. I was going to say that, and I was going to be the only one raising my hand that I struggle with sin. Okay, I think we're, we're in this together, right? We, we struggle with sin. We struggle with the things uh, of this world, and that's why I believe that this series is so vital. It's so important. We're starting a new series called Overcomers, and as we look at God's Word over the next three weeks, I hope that you're inspired to take steps to overcome the flesh to overcome the world and to overcome Satan, to overcome the devil, to overcome the evil one. Those are going to be the three weeks. And so this week we're looking at overcoming the flesh. And so what does that mean, the flesh? I, I, I like to think of it as the, the operating system that we were downloaded with. We can thank our first parents, Adam and Eve, for giving us an operation system of, of sin, of flesh, that's how we function, that we're, we're drawn towards sin. We're drawn towards things away from God. That's what we're downloaded with, and we have to learn to walk with the Spirit. I love that what Martin Luther said about his flesh. He said, I thought I had drowned that old man, but that rascal knew how to swim. And I think that's so much how I feel in my life is that I feel like I, I want to step in the Spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to do what God is leading me to do, but that sin keeps drawing me back. And so how do I overcome my flesh? How do I overcome that operating system? How do I get a new operating system to allow me to focus uh, on the Lord? Well, it's, it's walking in the Spirit. The point for this morning is to overcome the flesh. We need to walk by the Spirit. And as we look at the Scripture this morning and talking about walking with the spirit the the term in the greek is stoieo which actually means to direct one's whole life in the spirit so if we're going to overcome our flesh then we need to direct our whole life in the spirit now we have to know who the spirit is and i know for some of you Talking about the Holy Spirit is kind of a, a freaky thing a little bit. Some of you grew up in the Catholic Church hearing about the Holy Ghost, and you may be really confused about what that means. I did a message on the Holy Spirit a, a little while ago, but just to simplify a little bit about who the third person of the Trinity is, the Father, the Son, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our parakleos. It's the, para means to walk alongside, and kleidos is, means called. So the Holy Spirit is the one that's called to walk alongside us, to lead us, direct us. It's God, the Spirit, who is our counselor. He is our director. He intercedes for us. He prays for us. You notice I'm calling him a he, not an it. He's a he. He's the third person of the Trinity. And he's the one that is our helper. And so you'll see 
the flesh and the spirit are very different. This is our scripture in Galatians chapter uh, 5, starting in verse 16. So I say, live by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are they're in conflict with each other. So you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have, been cruci- have crucified the sinful desires with its passion, sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, provoking and envying each other. So you see the two lists are very different. And I don't think there's many people in here that I say, which, which list do you want to live by? Do you want to live by the fruits of the Spirit? Or do you want to live by the, the sinful nature? Do you want idolatry and sexual immorality and purity and debauchery? Well, why are we drawn to that stuff then? I mean, if we know that it's, it's nasty, then why are we drawn to it? Well, i got an example up here with a smoothie. And I hope someone here this morning is thirsty because we're going to make a smoothie here this morning. First thing we're going to do is we're going to uh, put a little chocolate milk, right? Nothing, nothing too bad about that. And then we're going to follow it up with some uh, chunky-like tuna. Delicious, right? And then we got some uh, Greek yogurt. This is Boston cream pie, in case you're wondering, style yogurt. And then we'll uh, put some hot sauce in there. Yeah, you guys you to make sure we get a lot of that, right? And uh, let's, let's just throw this thing together. I know someone out there is thinking right now, man, I want that so bad, right? Yeah? All right. Mmm, smells delicious. So, none of us here would be drawn to drinking that, right? But just like sin is, we poured into a nice-looking glass a little coconut, right? With a nice little flower on top. Oh yeah, doesn't that look so pretty? See, this is what we do with sin. We get tricked because it it seems so appealing. It seems so nice. We forget how nasty it is on the inside, right? I can't get it to come out. I'm going to be honest with you, so here we go. Mmm. Oh. Terrible, right? Terrible. Terrible. It tastes, it tastes awful, right? It's a, it's, a good, it's a good reminder of how bad sin is. See, why, when they look at this list, all these things are very obviously bad, right? Idolatry, witchcraft, <laughs> got hot sauce in here, <laughs> hatred, discord, jealousy, Fits of rage, we, we know they're bad. 
you know, they're bad. But you know what I, I find myself doing? Is sometimes saying, you know, being angry in a sinful way, having some rage, it feels good. It feels good. I, I'm, I'm drawn to the, to the outside shell of it. Man, to just be kind of ticked off a little bit feels kind of nice. Jealousy, I know I shouldn't be jealous of my brothers and sisters in Christ especially. What do I find myself doing? I find myself being jealous. Look on social media. Oh, they got to go to Italy. Hmm. Where, is, where does that come from? I, I, know, I know those things are not from the Lord, but we're drawn to it. The power of our flesh, the power of being drawn to sin, we have to be aware of it because when we realize how powerful it is, we realize how much help we need. And we need help following after God. And that's why the Spirit comes in and allows us to move, allows us to walk in the Spirit. In South Africa in uh, 1934, there was a, a man named uh, Jacobus Yonker. And Jacobus Yonker was really discouraged because he was looking for diamonds. This is what his, he made his life goal that he was going to become rich looking at diamonds. And he spent all of his money looking for diamonds. All of his money looking for it, and he couldn't find anything. And he was about to give up. He was down on all of his luck. All of his money was gone. And he woke up one rainy morning, and he thought, I'm not going out today. I'm going to send my crew to go out, but I'm not going to go out. I don't have the energy. I don't have the motivation. I'm not going to do it anymore. So he sends his crew out, and his crew comes back. And they are going crazy. And he thinks that there's an awful accident that happened because they're acting so crazy. And they, won't, they say, you won't believe this. You won't believe what they found. And they hold up this rock, a 726-carat diamond. And that's a, a picture of it there, the Yonker diamond. And it was huge. It was massive. And he was set for life. In 1934, it's worth $5 million. Unfortunately, the story doesn't end very well. He ended up squandering all that money and ended up being poor again living life and destitute, trying to find another diamond that he never found ever again. This is what it's like in the church in Galatia. When Paul and Barnabas uh, came to the church in Galatia to plant the church there, they brought the richness of the gospel. They brought the 726-carat uh, diamond of the gospel with them. They told them about the freedom that can be found in Christ, that the, the flesh that they've been downloaded with is not the way they have to live for their whole lives. That they can find peace and they can find freedom away from license and away from legalism. And so the church in Galatia, they accepted that, right? I mean, this is like winning the spiritual lottery. They accepted that gift. But quickly, just like Yonkers squandered all the money, that's what happened in the church in Galatia. They squandered the freedom that can be found in the gospel. They squandered what it's like to walk in the spirit. It's a lot like us, isn't it? That when we know what the gospel's like, we're on fire for it, and then slowly over time, it can be very easy to forget about walking in the Spirit, and we turn back to walking in our own flesh. We become fixated on this flashy outside shell, and we get caught up in sin. And so Paul is reminding the people in Galatia, just like a good financial advisor would, saying, don't you understand the wealth that you have in the gospel? 
Don't you understand the wealth that you have in counting on the Holy Spirit in your life? And that's what I want to do to you. So I want to point myself and point to you and say, don't you remember the wealth that you have in the freedom and the gospel? We don't have to be stuck in sin anymore. So as we work through this verse by verse, there's lots of things that we can pick up on, lots of things that we can be inspired by, lots of things that we can be led by so that we can be led by the Spirit. First couple of verses here. So I say, live by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Have you ever felt like that? Man, I know I have. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I making these decisions? Why am I thinking these thoughts? I know this doesn't honor God. That sinful desire, that flesh is so strong. And that flesh leads us into kind of one or two very strong options. One, it's either being, having license. It's either saying, well, I'm saved by God, so I can just go ahead and do whatever I want to do. You know, I'm covered by grace anyway. And the, the people in Galatia were saying that. I mean, if the gospel is so great, can I just do whatever I want anyway? Because I'm going to be forgiven. I'm going to be covered by grace. See, the problem with that, though, is when we have that attitude that I'm just going to do whatever I want because I'm covered by grace, it's actually a form of bondage. It's actually us being caught up in sin. It's actually us not experiencing freedom because when we do those things, we're saying it doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter that we're not walking in the Spirit. And because of that, we don't experience any freedom at all because all the things that we think that are going to bring us hope and joy and peace end up tasting disgusting. They end up leading to hurt. They end up leading to emptiness. So it actually isn't any freedom at all. And then the other way that we can fall off is, is through legalism, that we do everything so perfect we do everything so well. We have perfect church attendance and we go to all the Sunday school classes and we go to all the small groups and we go to all the prayer meetings and we're, we have lots of quiet times with God. And when they tell us to read the study, we are definitely doing that every single day, no matter what. See, all those things that I talked about are, are, are not bad. But when those things become our savior, when those actions become the thing that we count on for salvation, it becomes a bad thing. It becomes legalism. And that's what the church in Galatia was dealing with, and that's what we deal with. Sometimes we go towards licensure. Sometimes we go towards, towards legalism. And we need to realize that neither one of those are the correct option. The gospel is the correct option. The gospel is the third way. But we need to realize how strong the desire of the flesh are. There's actually a Greek term for the desires of the flesh that's not used many other places in, in, in the Bible, and it's called epithume, which just means over-desire. See, we take things that are blessings from the Lord, like food, and we have an over-desire for them. And so then it becomes an issue, it becomes a problem. We take a thing like sex, that's from the Lord. He's the one that gave that gift in marriage, but what we do is we have an over-desire, and it leads to lust issues, it leads to pornography addictions, it leads to marriage issues because we don't follow what the Spirit has called us to do. And it is a battle. 
And this is where I think Christians are ill-equipped. We don't realize the spiritual battle that's going on for your soul. We're going to talk about this in a couple weeks, about overcoming Satan. See, as believers, I think that we've been taught that, well, we're believers in Christ, so the evil one can't touch us. The bottom line is, we are followers in Christ, and we do have power of the Spirit, but Scripture is true that the evil one wants to devour you. He wants to rip apart your life. He doesn't want to have anything left that's good in your life. He wants to leave your life in shambles. He wants to do whatever it takes to do that. And he'll tempt you with sinful things. And if those sinful things don't work and you're following with God, then he'll, and then he'll try to get you with pride. Say, well, I'm not following any of these, these sinful ways. The Protestant reformer John Calvin says this, the spiritual life will not be maintained without a struggle. Disobedience and rebellion against the Spirit of God pervade the whole nature of man. If we were to obey the Spirit, we must labor and fight and apply our utmost energy, and we must begin with self-denial. See, I, don't, I don't think we do self-denial real well, do we? Now, it's, it's pretty much ingrained in us as Americans that it's about us. It's about us. But we have to realize that it is a struggle. That this flashy thing of sin that's disgusting on the inside is constantly there. Trying to tempt us, trying to tempt us, trying to tempt us. And on our own, we cannot avoid it. We will keep falling into that temptation. That's why we desperately need to be led by the Spirit. And the cool thing about being led by the Spirit is that if, he lets, if you, we let him lead us, he's going to lead us. It's not like the pace car at a Daytona 500 race that we have to just try to keep up with. Holy Spirit, where are you going? I'm just trying to keep up with you. Now, he is the locomotive. And if we just hitch ourselves to him, he will get us through our lives as the great counselor, help us to walk in the spirit. He'll set us free from license and legalism. He'll help us to walk in the spirit. The scripture continues on. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, and orgies, uh, and, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, that's a scary verse, isn't it? And I started thinking about that a little bit this week, because I could certainly fall into those things. And all of us as believers can fall into those things. We can fall into sin. We can fall into our flesh. What does that mean for our salvation? I've met many people that are worried about their salvation because I, I struggle with sin. What does that mean? Well, I think, as we see in Scripture, we need to be set free of any of those issues, any of those thoughts, because it says those who practice, those who practice. If you're struggling with sin, if you're trying to reach to the Lord, you're trying to count on the Spirit, that shows your faith in Christ that you're trying to count on him. And if you have faith in Christ over and over and over in Scripture, it says that your salvation cannot be taken from you. Theologians talk about the preservation of the saints. If you have faith in Christ, you don't have to worry about losing your salvation. This is a warning to people that abandon Christ or they never accept Christ. And this is their way of life. This is 
their practice. But we're told about another way to live. That the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Of course not. Of course there's no law against that. I mean, all these things are great things. And when we're led by the Spirit, we can see those things come out, right? When you're walking in the Spirit, when you're being led by the Spirit, when you're fighting against the downloaded system of your flesh and you're getting the new system from Christ, you're walking in the Spirit, you can feel these things, right? You can understand these things. And to be able to, to, to cultivate that life, we have to first trust in Christ. There's no way that you can overcome your flesh on your own. And that's why Jesus lived the perfect life that he did. That's why he died the death that he did. That's why he said, when I go, I'm going to send you a spirit. I'm going to send you a counselor that's even better than I am. You know, people all the time tell me, well, if Jesus was just walking around, then, then I would believe. If I could actually just see him in the flesh. But Jesus himself said it's actually better that he goes and we get the spirit, the counselor, the parakletos, the one that's walking alongside us, the one that's helping us, the one that's leading us, the one that's guiding us. And when we put our faith in Christ, our faith in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are set free. If you've never put your faith and trust in him, won't you do that? Put your faith and trust in Christ. It's the most important decision you could ever make. You can do it right in your seat. You don't have to do anything fancy. You just say, I'm sick and tired of doing my own thing. I'm sick and tired of being drawn into the, to the desires of the flesh that are flashy but are disgusting. I'm tired of feeling empty, and I want to know Jesus. Now, when you come to know Jesus, you come to trust in him, as we've talked about in this message, it doesn't mean that you're immune to sin. It doesn't mean that you're never going to sin ever again. We still are drawn back to our, to our old nature. We're still drawn back to our flesh. And that's why it's so vital that we use this, that we use our weapon, that we use our sword. That's why we give you the studies every week so that you can go into uh, the study and that you can dig into God's word and you can use this as a weapon. And you say, I'm going to walk by the Spirit. If we know that all these things are drawing us back to the flesh, we know that we have all these temptations, we know we have all these struggles, we have all these things, and listen, I know they're there because guess what? Your pastor has a heartbeat. I'm alive. I live in this world. I know there's temptations. I know the thoughts that can come into our minds. I know all the things that come around us. It's difficult to walk by the Spirit, and we certainly cannot do it on our own. First, we have to be pointed to Christ, and the only way we're really going to know Christ is through His Word. And so if you're struggling with things, and, and you don't know exactly where to turn, the first place you should turn is to His Word. Because that's where you get to know him better. That's where you get to be powered up with the power of, of the Spirit. And that's where you can learn to crucify the flesh. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. That is a strong word. It's not, yeah, we had sin in our house and we just kind of got rid of it. We took out the trash. No. We stomped its neck, not by, its own, not by our own power, but by the power of the Spirit we can do that. See, don't confuse Christianity with weakness. See, there's great strength in following Christ. There's great strength in walking in the Spirit, and we have to have that strength. 
because we are in a battle, aren't we? We are. So I, I, I hear the stories about what's going on in your lives. I hear the stories of what's going on in your marriages and what's going on in our community. It is a battle royale. And we need the power of the Spirit. And so first, walk in the Spirit by getting to know Him better in His Word. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Those passions and desires that lead us back towards this sinful way, it rear its ugly head over and over and over again. And that's why we have to crucify it. I love the story that Pastor Smiley has told me many times. He told me a story about his mentor, David Nicholas, was playing golf with a couple of staff members. David Nicholas was a great pastor in South Florida. He, uh, he died fairly recently. And uh, he was out golfing, and his partner was an 85-year-old man who was a pretty good golfer. And they were playing against two other staff members, and they got done with the front nine, and, and they were beating the other two staff members by seven strokes. And so David Nicholas says to the old man, hey, do you think we should give him some strokes on the back nine just to make it more fun? And the 85-year-old man looks at David Nicholas and says, hell no. Stomp their necks. And I love that. I love that. We need to stand up as believers in Christ and say, hell no. We are going to stomp the neck of our sinful desire. Some of you, you can clap. Yes, that's okay. I was... Some of you are going to walk out of here offended. Did Andy say hell no? Listen. Listen to me. I'm using that strong language for a reason. Because the battle is strong. This is not some wussy battle. This is not something that we can just say, oh yeah, that's fine. It's no big deal. I'll, I'll get over that sinful nature. I'll, I'll walk by the Spirit. Yeah, no. No, it, it doesn't happen that way. We have to take steps. We have to count on the power of the Spirit to be able to walk in the Spirit. And you have to know that the Holy Spirit is constantly going to be pointing us to Jesus. He's like, he's like the, 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 the girlfriends that imagine, ladies, that you're, you're dating the, this guy, and he's a really great guy. He's an awesome guy. He's an amazing guy. And you're not quite sure if you should make the commitment. He's, he's asked you to marry him, and you haven't said yes yet. And the, your best friend is saying, listen, he's an amazing guy. He's an awesome guy. All the rest of the guys you dated are losers. He's an awesome guy. You should marry him. That's what the Holy Spirit does with us with Jesus. So listen. Your sinful nature, that's, that's loserville. Focus on Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit constantly is telling us, constantly pointing us back to Jesus, the one that can give us life. And the real cool thing, the real cool value of doing this in a church setting is that we get to do this together. We are not on our own. We should take bro being brothers and sisters in Christ really seriously. Because we're the only ones that have each other's backs in walking by the Spirit. How many times do you go to your workplace during the week and your boss or a coworker says, Hey, let's crucify the sinful nature and walk in the Spirit? Not happening a whole lot, right? When you, go to your, when you go to your school, how many teachers are saying that, students? Hey, crucify the sinful nature, walk in the Spirit. 
you haven't noticed we don't live in a world that really encourages that. That's why we need each other. That's why we need the church. That's why we have to gather together and say we are going through the power of the Spirit to stop the next of the sinful nature and its desires because it leads to death and we're going to walk by the Spirit. In the times where we get tempted in it, the times where we fall into sin, we're going to run back to our brothers and sisters in Christ and we're going to ask for prayer. We're going to ask for help and we're not feeling close to God. We're going to be real. We're not going to put on a fake smile and dress nice and just say everything's fine when it's not. We're going to be real and we're going to count on the power of the Spirit to walk in the Spirit. See? See how interesting that is? If we say, on our own, we're going to get rid of all the sinful desires, and we're going to follow the Spirit, we're always going to fail. But when we surrender and say, no, I need the power of you, God, and when I have the power of you, when I'm, when I'm counting on you, then I can walk in the Spirit. He's sufficient to crucify the flesh. We just need reminders to count on him. We need reminders from his word and from brothers and sisters in Christ to walk in the spirit. You guys ready to do that? You ready to stomp the neck of the sinful nature and start walking in the spirit? Let's do it. Lord, thank you so much for what you've done in my life and the lives of so many. Lord, I know that through your spirit that we can crucify our sinful nature that we can walk in the Spirit in the times where we're drawn back to the passions and the desires that lead to death. Lord, I pray you draw us back through the power of your Word, through the power of your Spirit, through the fellowship that we have of brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us to be known for the ways that we love and that we're patient, that we're gentle, that we're self-controlled, that we have joy. Lord, help us to be known by the fruits of the Spirit. Help us to look different than the world. In the times where we do fall into our flesh, Lord, I pray that we find great love and great forgiveness and conviction and that we would turn from our ways so that you would be most glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.